Welcome, Pathfinders, to Find the Path Podcast actual play of the Hell's Rebels Adventure Path. Where we're on the trail of a killer. Yep. Again. Again. <laughs> I, yeah, again, because this is our life. Uh, Somebody which... say something punny and put on some sunglasses. Mm, no, I can't really pull off the Horatio cane. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow Raven found cat size sunglasses. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Old Kintarga, more like Old Kintar gone, am I right? Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so I was supposed to jump back into things. When last we left our heroes, the Silver Ravens had joined with Hedeman Hayes at his uh, business slash palatial estate slash, you know. <laughs> <laughs> at, his, uh, at his both business as well as his residence uh, over in the Red Roof District, his uh, business, the Devil's Thread, the famed... Tifling or tiefling, if you will. Seamster had uh, one revealed to the entirety of the party now that he is the Rose of Cantargo. Mm -hmm. Vigilante slash uh, uh, yeah. leader of the uh, eponymous Roses of Cantargo, also known as simply the Rose of Cantargo, which is the church as well. And now we have the answer to why the bodies were all missing from the thrashing badger. That's mm -hmm. true. Yep. Mm -hmm. Nobody died. He had informed all of you that he is now interested in working with the Silver Ravens, although he has asked that you aid him in finding the person responsible for the murders in Old Kentargo. Most recently, the murder of one of his roses, Mirletta of White Rock. Yeah, we had a um, session where we discovered a variety of clues, and I believe Hedeman actually cast a spell speak with dead. Which yes. is uncommon in second um, edition. Although the spell uh, speak with dead in second edition is now called Talking Corpse. Also true, yeah. That's you're right. Which is it a little is weird. different now. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, it is. It does what it says it does. It just uh, it creepily animates bodies now to speak mm -hmm. to you instead of the uh, the way that it kind of did before. Oh, and also uh, just for all of your edification, because I don't think it came up in the last episode. I'm trying to be a little bit better of that. Um, all of you would be aware that the city of White Rock is a uh, a town near Cantargo. It's about 30 miles further up the Yolubulus River, so it's technically the next closest town. Hmm. It's also a lake in Dallas, so I'm sure everyone kept going White Rock. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I just assumed that was coincidental. I not just like imagine we like... <laughs> it with a very nice arboretum nearby. <laughs> yes, it's got a very nice arboretum. It's a nice. good place to go for dates and engagement It has a very photos. nice walking trail. Yeah. There's even bad. a theater. I was going to say, yeah. they got good art uh, exhibits at the arboretum. And I mean uh, an acting theater, not a movie theater. I'm sure almost every person listening is like, I've got a White Rock in my town. It seems Probably. like that's a place that is fairly prominent everywhere. Mm. There's, a, there's a single white rock in this town. <laughs> well, yeah, a lot of rocks do tend to be white, but <laughs> it's true. You did have the opportunity to, uh, well, I guess opportunity to examine Mirletta's body to mm. ascertain uh, how she was killed, seemingly by numerous stab wounds. I believe yep. you all think right now that it was caused by a curved blade, possibly a kukri. Mm -hmm. mm. Yep. Or similar, but yeah. <laughs> Much akin to the weapon used by the famed Kentargan serial killer. The Temple Hill Slasher. Who keeps coming back up in the news. It's weird. I know. He's so he's super relevant right now, <laughs> and it's disturbing. Yeah, mm, unfortunately. Uh, after which you had spoken to her body and learned a couple of clues. Do any of you have all those clues down? I, I do. So. Yeah. We learned a lot of stuff. Oh, oh, wait, 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 wait. This is for hero points, y'all. Clearly. Sure, I'll give a hero point. <laughs> Okay, well, she was stabbed like 37 times. He touched, mm -hmm. he grabbed her shoulder and her leg suddenly wouldn't move and she fell over. He got distracted when the temple rang 3 a.m. Mm -hmm. uh, 
He took a lock of her hair. She thinks he has a Varishian accent. He was probably wearing an artisan's apron. Oh, he the prayed sl- to the, his father. The yeah, so maybe Norgaber. Oh, and the weird slock slick grease that probably has something to do slurk. with clockwork. Slurk, yeah. I guess. Mmm, slurk. Which we then uh, ascertained most likely meant that uh, we're dealing with somebody out of Vespum's artisans because that's where they make most of the clockworks in the city. His gait yes, was weird. Was yeah, was he was say. walking yeah. really funny. There were three lights um, that were out, out as far as the uh, <laughs> as far as the five street lights. Mm. I think you guys hit the major point. I'll, I'll give a I'll give a bonus hero point to both of our note takers. Feel free to take. Yay! One. Good notes. Woo! I'm terrible at giving out hero points. So sure. <laughs> hey, you gave uh, Nikola one uh, two episodes ago for his birthday, so... That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I think we fought Weirdly, for that one, though. That wasn't was, just freely. I was going to say, I mean, it was a five, well, it was no, five it episodes was a good for a You know, <laughs> it's one of those, we had to, cu- it, you know, it was a good thinking on the, you know, spot thing. And yes, that la- yesterday was forever for the party. Yeah. That's yeah. So, uh, well, I guess let's go ahead and jump back into things. Well, following that conversation, you had decided that you wanted to, uh, A, take a look at the Rat King Plaza, which is where the uh, the woman was killed, or at the very least on the way into the Rat King Plaza. And uh, two, you wanted to stop by Vespin's Artisans to uh, go and ascertain what you can from there about potentially someone that matches the description. Mm-hmm. I believe uh, Lucia wanted to go stake out the artisans before the investigators arrived. Is anybody going with her? I wanted to look at the crime scene. So yeah, no. I was about to say, Vittoria should probably mm-hmm. be going to the crime scene. I mean, it's, I, I could probably right. just like, mm-hmm. you know, be unnoticeable. So it's not a big deal, but well, you have yeah. the cloak too to help. Because I have the cloak. Yeah, it does help. So, I mean, I just I don't I like having people with backup in case something goes wrong, but if we feel confident that Lucia's got it, then that's cool with me. I mean, I feel like we should at least have one more person. No offense, but we did see what happened the last time Lucia was by herself. <laughs> last time we left I guess Cesare will go with her because I don't have any ranks in medicine or anything like that, and mm. Adria does. Okay. So um, I guess Cesare and Lucia will go on, and then... I mean, I do have some investigatory skills, but I... Yeah... I'll probably go with them, but with uh, the breakout team of uh, Adria and Vittoria. All right. I mean, it's a straight shot down Salt Street. I mean, yeah, yeah, we'll be very close. Welcome to the investigation crew. I was just about to say the two of you have been doing quite a bit of investigating recently. So in this area, even. yeah, we're going to yeah. start our own private eye business and everything. You can run that out of my shop. <laughs> I'm diversified. <laughs> it's a glassworks <laughs> and private eye. Can I be the sexy secretary? <laughs> I mean, Sure. <laughs> All right, cool. So you depart, again, after a fantastic breakfast uh, that Hedeman makes for all of you. Stepping outside, I think you wanted to head out bright and early. So I think all of you yep. turn in early, woke up early, did your preparations. Yeah, it's like 6.30 in the morning or something. Yeah, so it, yeah, we'll say it's about 6.30 a.m. or so, to the point that the sun is not completely up in the sky. Mm. As you make your way through the city streets, the fog that had come in the night before, you think probably dissipated some over the course of the evening. Although now, as the the waters are warming back up, it has returned, rolling into the city streets. Now it is in a low-hanging, dense fog. It's actually just a light fog that blankets the entirety of the city. And you make your way off into the streets in the pre-dawn light. If you are unsurprised to see that you are not the first people heading out into the streets that morning. 
people tend to wake up before the dawn, make their way out to businesses and starting to get their shops open. And No, it's like that beginning scene of uh, My Fair Lady where, you know, everybody starts bringing their carts out and then it stops and we get ready for the musical yep. number. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Or the beginning scene of uh, Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. Except for it's not so little of a town. But everyone does start sticking their heads out and saying bonjour to you as you walk by. That's <laughs> really is, weird. Yeah. That's really weird. They don't even do that here. What is French? You head off. <laughs> Make your way along Salt Street through the uh, the full length of Red Roof. By the time that you get past the, uh, well, basically out of Red Roof and then by the Temple District before beginning to make your way through the southern end of Jarvis End District and into Old Cantargo, the sun is steadily beginning to creep up at the very least redden the far horizon, which gives everything a somewhat eerie glow. Uh, due to the fact that even the lamplighters are not allowed out past curfew, many of the lamps have already died out over the course of the mm. night. That being said, the mist here seems to almost more, because it's so thin, it more accentuates the light than it actually does dampen it and gives mm. everything this odd hue, a very dreamlike quality. Eventually, you begin to approach Vespum's artisans. Uh, the business itself not actually open yet, as it does not open until seven. As far as two patronage. Mm -hmm. Uh, Many of the workers there are already beginning to arrive. Vespum's Artisans is a large structure uh, made of the marble that is rather prominent throughout a vast majority of the city of Cantargo, although not as commonly seen in old Cantargo. The building is a stocky structure with massive windows. Although the windows are set about almost 15 feet up, each one of the windows is nearly 25 feet high and close to about 15 feet wide, with a wide arch and a large keystone shaped in the shape of what looks to be a trout at the top of each one of the arches for the windows. Even from here, uh, even this early in the morning, you can begin to hear the banging sound of the artisans inside of there, most of them metal workers. And the structure, despite having this very classical appearance, seems to have at some point gone undergone a retrofitting. Uh, you're not entirely positive what the building was here for originally, and now has numerous chimneys, which are beginning to just show the telltale smoke rising up at, out of them as the furnaces inside light up. A promenade sits in front of Vespin's Artisans, a large roofed area, although open on each side with arches supported by pillars surrounding it and four large square pillars on each of the corners of this. These large carried columns at each one of the corners displaying a warrior at one corner, a what looks to be maybe a farmer at another. A third corner is what looks to be perhaps a stateman. And the fourth corner is what appears to be a mage. Mm. Each of them are dressed in a traditional style that is much more classical Taldane, reaching back to before Chiliax was a separate nation from the nation of Taldor. As you begin to make your way past these, you can see that stalls are already being set up in this little area up front, which is more of the mercantile section. Uh, This is basically where the workers inside of the artisans will set up their stalls to sell to passerbys. Whereas if you're wanting custom material, that's usually when you'd actually go inside of the building. Although right now, again, they're rolling out these large blocky wooden carts and opening the sides of these where you can see these arrays. Uh, Popular thing, of course, here beyond just the clockwork of what you're interested in are a lot of cooking implements knife sets fork sets large cast iron skillets sometimes you can you can see a large 
cauldrons, some of them large enough to fit a full-grown man inside for, you're going to guess, probably fat rendering more than actually cooking. The glaring equivalent of a Cutco. Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine it more as like the stall set up. Uh, I mean, my mind immediately goes to like a farmer's market where everyone's just setting up and pitching their little tents and getting everything arrayed out here. And there's one guy off to the side that for some reason has come to Bespin's Artisans for his artisan or to sell his artisanal honey from locally sourced <laughs> bees. <laughs> Delicious. I could use some mithril cookware, but <laughs> <laughs> well, we had the money for it. It's yeah, true, but it's nonstick. It's really good. <laughs> Lucia and Cesare, do you say anything when you peel off, or are you just peeling off? Yeah, is yep. there a? I'm trying to think of a of a good way for us to kind of get eyes on it without having being like super obvious. We're just standing right across the street. So, is there like a cafe or something with maybe some outdoor seating that we could sit at? Uh, not with line of sight on Vespin's artisans. Ah, unfortunate. I mean, again, if you're just wanting to loiter somewhere, Arya Park's not from far from here. Well, I don't really to want to loiter it. without having eyes on it because I'm trying to like we're trying to like stake the place out. So you could just be sitting here waiting for this place to open because it it opens in about 15 minutes. So ah, fair, fair. Okay, well, I guess we'll just kind of hang out. So I just had nothing else to do until the place opens. So yeah, yeah. Lucia just turns to Cesare. I don't suppose there's actually anything you would want to buy here. I mean, just in case we need to buy some time. Raven holds up a paw. It's like I would like to buy one time. <laughs> Very yeah, well, I will everybody... give you one leaf of time. It reminds me of that uh, what, that weird movie where everybody had like time that they changed back and forth like currency. <laughs> the Raven, why don't you circle the building, see what you can find? Okay. Raven hops down, goes trotting off. Nicolo, Adria, Vittoria, you continue following Salt Street along. The day is quiet, although as you begin to make your way further and further, the city is really beginning to wake up. By the time that you hit the curve of Salt Street, where it basically curves after passing by uh, the House of Truth and Wisdom before making its way up to the holding house where you had your recent jailbreak, <laughs> you peel off and make your way down one of the side streets. Yeah, seriously, probably try our best not to linger near the holding house. You nope, know. we keep yeah. <laughs> We were in disguise, but still. You make your way down before beginning to approach closer to uh, where you believe Rat King Plaza should be. Uh, in fact, I think it was one of you that made the check to know where Rat King Plaza was. You turn off from Salt Street before making your way down uh, Fox Road, before turning back and making your way in the direction now of the Rat King Plaza. Plaza is an exceptionally <laughs> generous term for this place. Fair. It's more just an area of the street that is larger because five streets intersect here. Uh, each one of the roads that make their way back here are something more akin to alleyways. Once it reaches this point, you can see that there are a number of houses off towards your left and right. Each one of these houses are raised up slightly from the street, uh, which you think is probably just indicative of the fact that Cantargo is built over the ruins of Cantargo on so yeah. many occasions that the actual street level seems to vary wildly. As such, there are a couple of doors here that you see as you make your way down the street towards this. Again, the road is cobblestoned. There are small walkways along the side, although to be perfectly honest, because of the the rain actually clears the street clearer than it does the walkways on the side. So it's actually less gross to walk in the middle of the street than it is through the refuse that's been thrown out onto the walkways and not washed away because of the overhangs of the building. Gross. The doors off towards your right and left as you make your way down the street 
despite the fact that they're on street level, you think actually lead into the basements of the buildings as you're on the sides of the buildings, whereas the part closer to Salt Street you think would actually be closer to street level. Hmm. The plaza itself is, uh, again, where five streets intersect. Each one of the roads that leads here looks very much, again, akin to the others. A large grate sits in the center of this intersection. And by large grate, I mean it's about maybe a foot and a half across. Mm. Opposite of where you're coming in, you can see a rut iron fence around a small yard. And then beyond that, what looks to be an abandoned old structure. Although what that structure is, you have no idea. Judging by its build, it looks to have been something akin to maybe a theater. Hmm. At the very least, it's mostly in the same style as the surrounding buildings, except for it does have a domed roof. That's interesting. Judging by the mm. number of broken out windows you see here and there, you would say that this is probably not necessarily the best neighborhood. And some of these buildings are probably derelict or abandoned. Although considering some of the broken out windows have had them patched with wooden planks, you're going to guess that some of these are still occupied. Even if it's by squatters. Yes, as you had the conversation before with Reich, if you occupy a building, you kind of are the owner of it. Sort of situation in a lot of old Contargo. What would you care to do? I guess the first job is to figure out where exactly the attack happened. She mentioned streetlights, three of which that were burnt out. So I think that would be the best place to begin. Well, it's hard to tell what's burnt out in the middle of the day. Mm. True. Unfortunately, all the streetlights are extinguished by now. Yeah. So she must have been coming maybe from... Obviously not from the alley that leads to the bigger road, because that's where she was going, right? We should probably find any signs of a struggle. I mean, it's been a day, but hopefully there'll still be something around here. I'm just going to start looking in the... Yeah. She was missing a shoe. Southwestern for yeah. a shoe. Can I attempt a survival check to see if I can find a place that's been recently disturbed? Um, survival, not at the moment. I will allow okay. a perception check from anyone that wants to search the surrounding alleyways just for something that's going to cue you in. Okay. Yeah. And uh, is Vittoria on the case? I am on the case. Very well. Do we get a bonus or something if you're on the case? Yes. Yeah, you have to pick one of us. Who's got the better perception? <laughs> probably Adria. <laughs> okay, I'll probably go for Adria, especially since I've already been investigating stuff with her, so it probably makes more sense. Mm. I've started to learn your weird little idiosyncrasies. <laughs> so, yes. So, yeah, um, I'm an expert, but she has much better wisdom than me. So the three of you scatter, begin to look about. Again, you're a decent distance from the main thoroughfare, and as such, only the occasional person walks by. Most of these people seem to be far more interested in not garnering your attention and not giving you any attention. It's that if I don't make eye contact with these strange people, then I'm not going to get sucked into a conversation with them. Ah, okay. These look like the questioning type of folks. Occasionally, all of you note the uh, faces in the surrounding windows that glance out. Yeah, for sure. There's probably more witnesses than uh, this uh, killer thought there would be, because people are nosy. Mm. Especially when some woman is, like, screaming at three in the morning. Depends on if he stabbed her in the throat or anything, or in the lung, she may not have been able to. Uh, fair. Mm. No, fair. she didn't mention it, so who knows. Adria, you make your way down one of the passages, or one of the side streets here. Singular way no more than about 20 feet down it or so after you've checked the first of the passages made your way down this this second alleyway this one is particularly dark 
Ah, and that both spooky. of the buildings on either side have kind of expanded as they've gone up to the point that they almost form a tunnel. The roof's huh. not quite meeting overhead, leaving a gap between them of perhaps four feet or so. Wow. Enough that you could look up and see the sky as it's beginning to turn a softer shade of blue. Very, very distantly as you reach this point. Perhaps in a way that uh, makes you a little uncomfortable considering what you know and what you're investigating. You hear very distant bells mm. announcing 7 a.m. As you get no more than about 20 or 30 feet down this path, you do note something. Adrian does a little whistle. Uh, Vittoria immediately goes over there. The local street dogs do too. They're like, what? Uh, oh. Oh, hey, puppy, <laughs> stay back. <laughs> Lunge is out. No, all the dogs have been captured by this point. And yeah, so yeah. No, that's through. true. That's true. <laughs> Dang it, house rune. All right. Uh, I think we got blood here. I mean, there's flies. There's discoloration. Hmm. I point All out right. the spots. Let's have a look then. Uh, here you can make a survival check if you so wish. So yeah, I'll try to aid Vittoria. I'll just look for something else. Okay. You know what? I'm going to hero point that because <laughs> I rolled a two, which is one of two rolls I could have made to critically fail and mess up Vittoria. And actually oh. impede her instead of oh. aiding her. I see. There we go. Much better. This time I roll a 13 for a 21, which does provide Vittoria a plus one bonus. Well, unfortunately, I rolled a four, which only got me a 14, which is a real bad roll. I would like to use a hero point and re-roll it. <laughs> <laughs> a hero point I given, immediately spent. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. We get them to use them. That was, uh, that was a much better roll. So that time I rolled a uh, 14, which gets me a 24. Nice. Very good. Also, so, it was irrelevant for me to try to aid because your pursue elite is already a circumstance bonus. So, ah, oh. uh, oh. yeah. Oh, they don't stack. No, they oh, don't. Oh, well. Oh, no. Adrian, you begin looking around for any sign of a shoe mm -hmm. or any other clue that you might be able to find here. Niccolo, you do your best to uh, aid Vittoria, probably quickly realizing that, you know, Vittoria, Vittoria has her own method that despite the fact that you actually are quite skilled, her method seems to be more of a uh, methodical search kind of thing. And now that she's on her case, it's you almost feel like you're more in the way know, just working at it. <laughs> well, almost just working a different you know process than she is. Mm. So they're she's kind of watching her sort of to learn the same thing. Mm -hmm. She's got the little tents out and she's like putting tents next to all the evidence. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, while it doesn't seem like there's been a rain down here or anything else, it does look like someone or something, probably people tossing out their chamber pots or what else, has washed away a great deal of things here. Mm. Um, you don't know enough from the chamber pots, although some people seem to have probably dumped out last week's piece, too, which, after a couple of days cold... Mm. Gross. Gross. Ew. Returning back, you see uh, Niccolo kind of watching this go on as Vittoria's leaned down at a particularly muddy stretch of, uh, you're going to hope mud and other combined refuse. Yeah, let's not put too fine a point on that. And this is why Cesare and Lucia aren't there. <laughs> this is why Cesare's like, oh, you're gonna go investigate something called Rat King's Plaza in Old Kentargo? I'm gonna be over here. I was gonna say, the two, the two prissy people are like, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> oh, fancy lads but and lasses. 
Uh, Adria, I will give you that as you begin to approach, you do see that uh, amongst the various apartments here, you can see that there is a fourth story window uh, that actually has a small, I've always heard it like Juliet balcony. Huh. I don't know if that's the proper term where it's like, you know, six inches and then a railing. Oh so yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Window. like you can't actually stand on because yeah, it's enough yeah. to lean out and wax but it's poetically. One of those, hey, you have doors that can open and it's not just a window, so yeah. you know. Huh. Glancing up there, you can see that there's a young woman. You think human, although you know she could be a half elf. It's hard to tell from here. Watching all of you somewhat curiously. I wave. She awkwardly kind of holds up a hand and waves back down. Uh, she seems to be a tall. You would say non-traditionally attractive woman in kind of that like Natalie Dormer sort of way where the features individually look like they would be strange, but combined give her a somewhat otherworldly appearance. That's elfy. She has mousy brown hair, which falls down to her shoulders and is wearing a simple white stuff. Huh. I'm going to go talk to this lady. Do y'all find anything? Well, I mean, you'd have to shout up to her because she's just on a balcony. Well, I was going to like go. Is it like a building you go in and go up the stairs? You don't know where the entrance to the building is. So you're going to assume it's probably a tenement building like many of the other ones around mm. here. Okay, then I'm just going to count the windows really quick and then I'll make a mental note. Okay. Mm. I think I may have found an explanation for the strange gate. Huh? Oh. Ooh. It seems uh, um, the tracks, a single person, medium build, I would assume, heavy tread but the right foot is twisted inwards. Oh. Could be injury, maybe mm. a clubbed foot. Ah. That should be a more noticeable situation. Hmm. I thought you were going to say peg leg, and then you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> the pirate would think the peg leg is a thing. No, that would have been much more um, identifiable. Okay. All right. Well, that's certainly something to look for. That um, house that we saw, or building, or theater, or whatever it was, with the rusted iron, mm -hmm. um, is that near here? Um, like, do you think that somebody could hear someone coming out of there from here? I don't know. What do do we know? Do we have any? I mean, inkling? how close does it appear? You can see it from here. I mean, it's okay. perhaps a hundred feet away or so. Just past the rusted means? iron fence and a small overgrown yard there, leading up to the. I mean, she did mention a rusty hinge. Oh, mm. maybe he was waiting to spring an attack. Maybe. I mean, I don't know. Or I think it's it could be convenience. I mean, it could be any number of things. Maybe it's unrelated. The creepiest, darkest alley over here. <laughs> I mean, he could have just been waiting for someone who looked vulnerable. And if she was alone, perfect target. Mm. I think the lady up in the window over here may have seen it. I mean, she's got a heck of a view. I mean, it's worth asking if we can get to her. We just have to find the entrance. I guess uh, we do that. And then we investigate the theater, question mark? I think we should probably talk to her first before we Yeah, that, the that's what I was trying to imply. Talk to her first. And yeah, so we sorry. need to find the front of this building. All right. Yeah, and find the front. I assume I don't have like a full-on kit or whatever where I could take like a plaster mold of this shoe print. But that would Victoria take time, will... too. Vittoria will at least like write down like general measurements and anything interesting about it. Maybe take okay. a couple of like particulate samples that she could mess with later. You make a sketch. Back at the pack cave. Yes, I call computer. my one room apartment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's big enough for one bat. You set off to circle around to the front of the building. Elsewhere, after 15 awkward minutes, yeah. as Cesare and Lucia 
stand next to each other. Uh, Raven would have returned and just been, yep, it's a building. There's a loading dock and there's a back entrance. It smells terribly. There are a lot of rats. Huh. Well, that doesn't really uh, tell us anything significant other than some people could be going in that back door. Yeah, and I mean, there are a lot of rats, but that's most of Kentargo. <laughs> Did anyone see you? Yes. Yes, I walked in the broad daylight, so... I'm, I'm saying, black. did anyone pay any <laughs> at- particular attention to you? Uh, yeah, there were two kids across the way that went pss, 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 pss at me, and then I just kept walking. <laughs> <laughs> that never so that's works. How that's how they saw a cat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they saw a cat wearing a cloak. They should assume I'm on business. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I forgot he's wearing his fancy clothes. She's wearing, she's wearing her fancy clothes. Cesare leans down and picks her up. I guess we'll start to browse the stalls. Yeah. Look for a clockmaker. And buy some honey. Honey is probably expensive as f- right now. <laughs> Your boyfriend has honey in his backyard. <laughs> uh, that I don't need to buy it. Yep. <laughs> but does he beekeep or does he it just keep get bees, more local. you know? <laughs> Beginning to approach, you can see a large sign made of artistically rendered letters of iron standing over the broad archways leading into the the plaza area, the the market, proclaiming this Vespum Artisans. A symphony of steel sounds spills out onto the street from the building behind it. Hmm. While here you can see several merchants selling a variety of skillfully crafted metalworks. These range from the uh, the relatively simple. So again, we're talking about things like if you need your own anvils that they've actually smelted and have portable anvils up front, a variety of tools along one large shelf for both metalworking as well as more intricate things, some of which are things that you're like, oh, I saw that you know, last night when Victoria unrolled her makeshift surgery kit. Um, <laughs> to things for a bit more of a mundane purpose where you see like a large selection of different hinges, doorknobs, a variety of different locks and such. Uh, As you get a little bit further back from the street and closer to the building itself, you can see that here's where the the copper, silver, and goldsmiths are Mm. with a variety of different finely made necklaces, holy symbols of the, at the very least, the sanctioned faiths that are allowed Mm. in the city hanging from uh, displays here. There's a notable lack of weaponry. Most things here are things that the average person would put to use. That being said, that there there are a few collections here where you can see knives that could be feasibly used as either cutlery or weaponry. And yeah, butcher's uh, knife, things like that. Yeah, yeah, but down the block and around the corner is the big dwarven smithy. I mean, That's true. Oh, Ulmer smithy, uh, yeah. Again, most of the things here seem to be uh, of rather fine quality. There are a couple of clockwork implements here and there. And by that, I mostly mean clocks. Nice. Well, yeah, I wasn't expecting there to be like clockwork as in capital C. No, there's not no, automatons, no. but there are clocks. In addition to that, there's uh, there's one vendor here that specializes in music boxes. So yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah. Like, like, music boxes ballerina and pops up and dances. And clocks, you know. Uh, and there's also another vendor that seems to specialize particularly in fountains. Hmm. Hmm. I like that. That doesn't feel like one of those things everybody has, but maybe I'm wrong. I would like a fountain. Well, considering even though this is an old Cantargo, this is probably where the nobles would send their servants to go and purchase fountains and things like Uh, that, because this is when they're redecorating. 
Yeah. yeah. Mm. Or it's just like, nope. We have to we have to put away the summer fountainhead and replace it with the fall <laughs> fountainhead. Oh, again? Has it been another These year dancing already? dancing dryads just won't do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, so I guess we keep an eye out for any kind of Varetian-looking clock. I don't know what Varetian-style clocks look like. Well, <laughs> sorry. Dude who is has something to do with clockworks that is Varetian. Or Ustalavic. Mm. Okay. You act like I know the difference. I'm not there. I mean, again, there's there's <laughs> one large vendor that seems to work with clockwork materials. I mean, this appears to be a woman, maybe in her late fifties, uh, with piercing eyes. Although the eyes are strangely like blown up amongst her large lenses, as she's oh, currently okay. in the process of working on a uh, a clockwork device. So it's that like she's magnifying what's in front oh, of her yeah, when she, she looks up. Little, it's the uh, jeweler's giant eyes. eyes. Yes, yeah. mm-hmm. a jeweler's loop kind of situation. She has a complex set of mirrors set up around her that seem to be reflecting all the light from the street down onto the uh, the workbench here in front of her. That's a nice setup. Well, a 50-year-old lady didn't stab this girl to death, <laughs> so, you know, maybe she has a helper. Lucia, Lucia will, like, eye that and then, like, turn to, turn to kind of mutter at Cesare. Okay, so what if we say we want to get something custom-made and ask if we can talk to the artisan? Maybe that'll get us into the building at least. It's worth a shot, though we should probably wait for the others. I mean, I guess. Yeah, that sounds. I mean, that seems reasonable. <laughs> Ooh, shiny. She is just eager. <laughs> <laughs> probably in your maybe uh, heightened paranoid state, you do pay attention to the uh, the shocking number of people here wearing leather aprons covered in pockets, <laughs> making their way. I was, was going to say, Lucia closes her eyes and lets every, that thing that every woman has, the creep sense of just like, <laughs> is anybody feeling creepy around me? I, I hate to tell you, but most women feel like that all the time. Well, Lucia's so naive, yes. so hopefully it'll be unusual for her. <laughs> Suddenly you're getting a weird vibe from Cesare and you don't know why. Ah! I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Look at it them with their Raven cloaks and their aprons and their oh, no. stuff. I mean, she Raven. had the perfect disguise. She's way too cute. I can't. I can't do anything. I'm just gonna have to let her get away with it. <laughs> what are the <laughs> other people? Is she the only one outside that's doing the the work, like the work on the clocks and things like that? Clockwork, or? yes. Um, okay. The occasional person does kind of flag you down on, you know, excuse me, good sir, you look like the literate sort. Would you be interested in a new candelabra? You know, that kind of thing. I really don't need a candelabra. It's like, but no, I can create so light cool. with my mind. Go away. <laughs> <laughs> it would be funny if you just cast light right there and just flex on the dude. Like, Yeah, it's like, no, please. I don't need this. Anyway, um, yeah, I guess I'll take, just kind of browse her booth. Like, what does she have? Like, pocket watches or like, clocks or... No, pocket watches are not very common, so it is full-blown like clocks. Clock. So, oh. like, grandfather <laughs> clock styles. Uh. Have you guys seen those? The the clocks that, like, they, they start out as just, like, a normal-looking clock, and then on certain hours or whatever, they, like, expand and, like, turn into, like, scenes and stuff, and then they come what? back together. Yes, those are cool. Mm-hmm. They are so cool. I've I don't know what they're called, but they're real. amazing. <laughs> Not in real that's life. That's like a Angolarian or in a, in Earth. In thing. real life. In, no, Earth. No, in, in, in real life. I'll see Dude, if I can find cool. one. That's cool. I have to go find one. That sounds really Maybe cool. Maybe she has a helper or a son or something that also does this. Yeah, most of the things that she has here are like grandfather clocks. Although she does have a selection of uh, desktop clocks. Hmm. That being said, when I say desktop clocks, it's about as large as like, you know, one of our computer towers. Like mm. it's a fairly large affair. 
Yeah. Well, yeah. browse the clocks, and I kind of just want to see if she'll say anything to me to see if she has a Varishian accent. The woman glances up as you begin to approach, gives you a nod, watches you. As you begin to, like, look over one piece, look over another, uh, probably very interested in one that she has here, which actually has the uh, elven numerals for the clock okay, space. Okay, yeah, Cesare's, like, yeah, okay, that's cool. <laughs> Cesare's like, wait a second, it's I right do next, want this. It's right next to a big blocky one that has the dwarven runes. <laughs> <laughs> she gives you a nod, and in a Varishian accent, yeah. uh, or possibly Uslavic, it's hard to tell. Again, Varishian is a rather widespread accent, particularly this far north. Is there something in particular you're looking for today? Well, we just came through and we're browsing, but this is a very interesting clock. Yes. I am not fluent in Elvish. However, I do know how to count to 12, so it's enough to make this work. The premise is quite the same. This is a water clock. It does not require as much winding as the others. A simple occasional refill once per week to keep the water moving fluidly. It will keep excellent time. And you made it yourself? I work on the the finer details. I suppose it would be simpler to say that I have assembled it, yes. The pieces are fabricated. She gestures behind her where again the symphony and cacophony of metalworking sounds comes out from the building. I suppose it's quite a complicated process. It is, and an exceptionally ancient art. I learned mine sitting at the foot of my mentor in Magnamar before I came south to here, after having learned of uh, Vapasio's uh, wonderful business here. Magnamar, you say? Magnamar, mm-hmm. you say? Mm. That means things to the players. <laughs> yep. Yeah, to so the players, Cesare's yeah. like, okay. Yeah, I mean, Ches- Cesare can make a, uh, I believe it's a society still for uh, geography. Chief, you have any rumors about Magnamar. Yeah, I mean, Cesar, you are familiar with the city of Magnamar. You know that it's on the uh, southern coast of the land of Verisha. Uh, north from here, uh, following along the coast up uh, past the Steaming Sea, basically on the peninsula where uh, the uh, the southern portion of Verisha stretches out into the ocean. Say, right before it reaches Magnamar is uh, actually Verisha a lot Bay. closer than I thought it was. <laughs> oh, yeah, Magnamar is not far away at all. Is there something specific you're looking for? You appear to be yeah. a man of means. How much is this clock? Five thousand. She glances gold. over. It would be one hundred silver. <laughs> <laughs> Ten gold, you say? Yeah. Ten gold. Yikes! I mean, I have that money. How do much you do you want, want a clock? really fancy clock? Well, it's one of those. It's one of those. Okay, I can take out. I can put this in my classroom, and then the students have to freaking learn Elvish numerals to tell what flipping time it is. Nice. That's funny, can, actually. Can I write this off on my taxes? That is or a file it soul. as a school <laughs> expense. I'm get reimbursed from the school for this. this. Yes, file the uh, the expense report reimbursement. <laughs> Was this a necessary expense? Yes. <laughs> I teach Elvish history and language at the Alabaster Academy. It would look quite lovely in my classroom. I should think so, yes. Okay, I want to buy this clock, but I also don't want to be like, and now I'm back with all these people to ask you more questions. (laughs) Well, you could have referred us to her. 
Yeah, until we start asking questions about a murder. You could also <laughs> say you're go- you- you'll think on it and then maybe return later. And then you, you return could just later buy it else. and then be like, oh, my friend here has a custom piece they want to talk to your manufacturer about. How heavy is this clock that I'm going to have to carry around all day? <laughs> get, 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 or Lucia to carry it for you. As I suppose Cesare is glancing over this clock and its, uh, its general size. If you would like, we would be happy to deliver this for you free of charge. Vespum has an agreement with the uh, new government as far as uh, payments for transversing the, the bridge. Yeah, Cesare's buying this fancy one. Yeah! <laughs> I love the shopping City trip. campaigns, man! <laughs> you know. I, I say all that because the clock is uh, three bulk. So. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. heavy. Holy when Nicolo, Nicolo gets here, Cesare's like, hold this. And then Nicolo carries the rest <laughs> of the episode is just with this clock. <laughs> no, they're going to ship it. They're going to take it over to your house for you. No, then I do a Lone Star. I'm not carrying this sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> I said only what you need to survive. <laughs> no, I, I need this clock, obviously. Oh I paid my. so much money for it. How much? I mean, <laughs> that's not talking Cesare about. will... I guess give her a gold, what, a gold piece? Yeah. Ten? Ten, ten gold pieces? Ten, 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 gold, ten, ten gold, gold pieces, yeah. Technically, I think, uh, I might be wrong, but actually I think that Kentargo's, uh, the northern section of Kentargo, Kentargo's technically on Conqueror's Bay. So, yes, Verisha would be on the other side of Conqueror's Bay from where you are. Huh. Anyway. Hmm. Yes, but Cesare's buying this giant clock. I'm, I have no idea what Lucia <laughs> thinks of this, but Cesare's buying this clock. Lucia's done that thing where she's like kind of drifted. She's drifting, but looking somewhere else. And you can't see it, but her mouth is just like, ah! (laughs) (laughs) As she realizes that with her new living arrangements, that's like 10 weeks of rent. (laughs) So expensive. Money suddenly Uh, means something. Oh, (laughs) so much. Mm -hmm. For a clock. It's not even a portable one. (laughs) Water clocks are cool. It's not going on your your character sheet, is it? Well, yeah, well, I, mean, I bought it. I stuff. Need it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have a container called Sea Witch Glass where I put stuff that I keep at my store. Oh, okay. Well, I don't really do like that. Like my tongs I don't really keep and my artisan's my, tools my and things. Attic space. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've got like my Girl. repair kit at home because, you know. Yeah, and I have, like, I have the Hurricane King ship in a bottle at the Wasp Nest. So I have a little thing called Wasp Nest. Yes. So I know where I keep my stuff. Yeah, I have one that's just Victoria's flat. Elsewhere, Vittoria, Adria, Niklo, I imagine pulling up the rear. <laughs> you circle around to the front of this building. A wide set of steps ascends up to a, a large door, which currently stands open. A young man currently stands on the uh, the doorstep. You'd say probably a, maybe in his mid-teens, uh, sweeping so off the door. if it's the and, same boy. You know he's got to make that money somehow. <laughs> no, the, you're not far from the Udemist tenements, but uh, that's a, still a distance a little bit away. Yeah, it's yeah. a different yeah. place. The boy gives you a nod, and if you ask about, you know, the upper floor and the young lady, he furrows his brow for a moment. Do you mean Tessie? Uh, if she's got a Juliet balcony and looks like I described. Oh, no, she doesn't. Who are you talking about? I thought Tessie. Who's Tessie? Tall girl, large brown eyes, kind of doe-like. Has brown hair. She no, she's up there. Hair. No, Miss with Mister Mister Cot. Sure. Fourth floor. Wait. Wasn't it the fourth floor? Did I just make I, that up? I thought it was the fourth. I floor. don't. I didn't think yeah, you ever stated what fourth floor. Oh, did he? Okay. Mister Mister Cot's on the the fourth floor. Ah, uh, then I suppose we must have been mistaken. It must have been Mister Cot. 
Indeed. Ah, what you need to see him for? Um, oh, you know, business. All right, none of my business. Uh, uh, do, do me a favor, though. Just, just scrape your boots off down there at the bottom. I don't want to have to sweep this whole thing again. Sure, sure. Are I you understand how it boots? is. All right. And just to warn you, uh, Mr. Cup might not be in the best of moods right now. Not this early in the morning. Ah, well. Well, don't worry. We'll handle Mr. Cot. Uh, I'm not know. sure Cot's ever in a good mood, there. right? And I laugh a little. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> I've never seen you before, but sure. Anyway, we leave. <laughs> I'll give him a couple of copper pieces for the trouble. But yeah. Thanks for the information, kid. Hey, All right, it. weird kid. Bye. <laughs> Making your way in, uh, ascending up to the uh, the upper floor. I suppose uh, making your way down to the uh, the end of the hallway and knocking what you think is the appropriate door. Yeah. Uh, after a few moments, a man opens it, probably immediately terrifying you, considering that he is wearing an apron. Uh, although in his case, <laughs> his apron is actually a white cloth apron and covered in paint stains. Ah, <gasps> okay. He holds a uh, <laughs> red paint stains. <laughs> he holds a brush in one hand and looks at all at all of you with his mouth open as if to reprimand before there's an audible click as his teeth clack back together. <laughs> Good morning, Mr. Cott. Good morning. Yes, Cott. Cott, What sorry. can I help you with? We were wondering if you were home. Was it last night, night before? And if you might have I'm heard home something- most nights. It would have been two nights ago. Two nights ago. And if you might have heard screaming. I make a point not to pay attention to the goings on around here. Hmm. Even if someone is in distress? I make a point not to get involved with the local situation. The man, you'd say, is probably in his early 30s. He has one of those brows that forms a perpetual V directly ah. over his nose as he looks over uh, all of you. Despite his, uh, you would say, disheveled is a very polite term. <laughs> and uh, judging by his breath, you're going to guess exactly why he is not particularly good company in the morning, as you're going to guess he hasn't quite finished getting drunk by this point. Ah. Um, mm. And it's just uh, indulging a little bit of the hair of the dog that bit him, if you understand. Mm. Can we see behind him? Uh, looking behind him, you can see a wreck of a room uh, with a large easel uh, with a large portrait in the process of being painted uh, of a beautiful looking young woman in a white skiff ah. uh, staring out of a window. Chef, ah. sorry. Not a skiff. She's not holding a boat. She's wearing a boat. <laughs> He's wearing that boat. <laughs> like by suspenders, there's just a skip around yeah. her. As, as you're kind of poking your head to look around, you can see the uh, young lady that you saw before, who is now just kind of craning her neck to look curiously, and seemingly taking the opportunity to stop posing for the painter, uh, as you're going to guess that she was the model, or at the very least the subject of his work. Oh. All right. And, uh, how about your friend? Was she more uh, aware of anyone in distress? <sighs> What is this about? A murder. Oh. Yep, unfortunately. He makes a little bit of a distasteful, dry smack of his tongue inside of his mouth. It would just take a few moments of your time, and then you can go right back to finishing that masterpiece that you have sitting in the room. Hmm. Go ahead and make me a diplomacy. I want to aid. No? Don't. I roll a seven for a 16. I don't aid. But I don't harm. <sighs> Very well. I apologize. It's it's early, and I've had a, an exceptionally long and difficult night. He Quite opens up the door. 
if I may be so bold, um, you have fantastic cheekbones. <laughs> Thank you. Just mentioning it. If you're ever interested in uh, modeling, I'm uh, an up-and-comer, if you will. Classically oh, trained. Is this guy an influencer about to... <laughs> <laughs> He's like, you want some exposure? <laughs> Do you, want you want some, some exposure? exposure? No, no. Um, thank you for the compliment, but uh, I am swamped with my own work. As ah, well. Of course, of course. Very busy work and very important, I'm certain. Uh, please come in. Would you like some coffee? Sure. I'm that would fine, be lovely. thank you. I just want to get him away so we can talk to her. <laughs> The man nods, lets you inside. Again, this room is a wreck. And only the way that, judging by his demeanor, judging by his voice, you're going to guess that he's probably a man of some means. Or at the very least, has grown up in a family of some means. Okay, so And like has a never rich had boy. to go get by without having said means, possibly until now. So mm, you get the feeling that he has boy. very much adopted the starving artist kind of view. Ah, oh, jeez. Although he does not One appear to be starving. However, he does not appear to be able to afford a servant to clean up his house and seems to have never developed the skills to do it himself. Lucia mm, could empathize wonderful. with this if she was there. Adria sighs and like moves some things off of the seating so that they can at least sit down. Lucia had a good support network, actually. This guy might have just had nobody because he's kind of jerkish. <laughs> the uh, the man makes his way to the uh, the kitchenette area, basically tries his best to, uh, to light the stove and an extraordinarily dangerous manner, considering uh, you don't know if he has any experience lighting the stove. I'm trying to imagine how that works. Yikes. Oh, God. Adria just wanders over and chews him away. I'll make the coffee. You go in there. Uh, uh, very well. Thank you, ma'am. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, I apologize if I'm being forward, but you have exceptional skin. Well, thanks. Not just don't sure try to steal it. Not sure if this is just weird artist or if this guy is real creepy. <laughs> I, I would like to make weird. you into a, a hat. Column a. A little bit yeah, of money. Yeah, Adrian's just like, cheekily, don't skin me and take my skin. Now go away. Let me make a coffee. <laughs> Please don't take my skin. I'm going to make coffee. I read, this, I read this story before. You're not going to get me. So, Again, the girl in question uh, sits on a rather plain looking chair as far as the, uh, the chair that she's actually sitting. Again, the man actually is very talented. And let us simply say that the chair in the portrait is substantially higher quality than the chair in his apartment. <laughs> mm. He knows what a good chair looks like. She gives you a nod. Seems to be trying her best not to, like, you know, move or adjust her clothing or anything else that too much in a probably trained model manner of not moving the position of her hair as she watches all of you approach. I do apologize for the early morning intrusion, uh, but your apartment has a particularly fantastic view of the plaza below, and there was a rather horrible incident that happened there. We were hoping that maybe one of you heard or saw something that could lead us to find out what happened. The woman shifts somewhat uncomfortably. I saw you down in the plaza. Mm -hmm. Something happened, not last night, the night before. Anything you remember would be incredibly helpful. I don't... It was late and it was dark. I'm... I heard what I thought might be a, a cat screech, maybe. Um, hmm. It didn't sound quite like a cat. And so I, um, I got up to go to the window. I, I looked down. I, I like to sometimes just catch my, my breath at the window here. I don't normally stay with uh, 
cheek glances off in the direction of, uh, of Mr. Cot, uh, who's in the process of watching Adria with a great deal of interest on the way that she's steeping the coffee. <laughs> that must be the missing oh step. Adria's giving him a full lesson on how to make coffee. What was the, what's the point where you had the brandy? Once you pour it into the cup at the end. Goodness. The I woman you just poured coffee beans in brandy, and that's how it yeah. worked. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's probably exactly what he thought. The woman you know, lowers her head a bit. I don't usually stay with the artists, but he's uh, he's actually quite sweet. And I'll take your word on that. He's <laughs> a little out of touch, but hmm. we Fair all know enough. if you like that. I came to the window and um, I looked down, and it was hard to see the the. Most of the lamps were out already, mm. but it looked like a a figure, a man. I I think maybe I'd seen him before. Hmm. At the very least, some someone cloaked like him. He was hooded. I couldn't see his face. He was on top of something. I think it might have been moving. Uh, you said you may have recognized him. I'd seen a shape like his. I. Sometimes I can't sleep, and I, I spend time at the window, and there's the old uh, operating theater. She gestures down the way towards mm. the, uh, the abandoned theater you've mm. seen. Operating theater? Hmm? I feel like I'm going to send a raven to y'all to come join us at the operating theater in a second. <laughs> <laughs> this seems mm. like this man's secret hideout. <laughs> you've seen him coming and going from the operating theater? Not, not coming and going. Um, sometimes he would sit under the tree over there. Only at night I would see him sometimes. After curfew was surprising, but he'd just sit there and, and smoke his pipe. Hmm. I, I thought maybe he'd come across this, but he, he said something. I, I caught only a couple of the words. I didn't recognize the, the language. Hmm. Could you repeat the words even though you don't speak it by any chance? She struggles with it for a moment. Uh, do any of you speak Phoenician? No. Oh, no, I don't. Yeah, it's not common in this area. No. I checked on Cesare, too. Nope. I, yeah, I checked just in case, but no. I'm going to assume no from Lucia. Uh, just write down uh, no. the sounds, and then we'll take it to someone else. <laughs> yeah, she, she tries to sound it out as best she can. Mm. He, he said that his head was back. I didn't get a good look at his face, and I, when I saw what might be going on, I, I hid. And that's understandable. It's not much you could have done at that point. There's a very good chance if you'd gone downstairs, you would have been hurt as well. I, I don't know what I did next. Um, I was nervous and, and kind of nauseous. I, I looked back down, and I could still see there was some sort of bundle down there, and um, I sat down on on the couch. She nods over to a fainting couch, and I, I must have fallen asleep. Mm. I, I woke up with the first rays of, of dawn. I looked outside, but there there wasn't anything down there, so I, I thought it might have just been a bad dream, but now here you are. Does this have something to do with the murders? It's possible, but there is nothing definitive at the moment. Have you heard of uh, other murders in the area? And a few. Um, I work part-time at a couple of places, mostly waitressing and, and all the rest of that at a couple of the, the local restaurants. Um, 
word kind of gets around that it's it's not safe to walk alone at night. I've heard some people say that as many as seven people have been killed in the Jeez. last few weeks. Wow. Dear gods. Well, I mean, this is very important information. Thank you for sharing it with us. Tessie nods. I, I hope you find whoever's responsible. Hmm. It, it would be nice to not be afraid to leave here. Uh, your information puts us one step closer to that being a reality. Thank you for taking the time to speak with us. She nods. Uh, Mr. Cotton Adria return shortly afterwards with some coffee. I suppose uh, all of you just politely drink that. Yeah. I mean, we can yeah. try to ask Mr. Cod if he noticed anything, but he seems to be pretty determined to not notice things. I mean, he seems like the, mm. the functionally functioning alcoholic type, so he probably mm. was pretty deep in his cups. I mean, he noticed his skin and out. cheekbones, but that's just creepy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the way the city is right now, most people probably go out of their way not to notice anything. Uh, I'm an exceptionally deep sleeper. It's where I find my greatest inspiration in the the realms of the ethereal and dreams. I see. So, unfortunately, now I'm. I wish I could help Just don't you. Don't go more. to Lane, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, all my pictures are drawn from real life. Mm. Well, if you happen to see the killer, draw him up. That'd be very helpful. No, I I try to avoid such <sighs> banal works. Shock is, is one thing. There are famed artists who endeavor to capture the unreal and the, the horrible. I personally prefer to attempt to to capture beauty, as as my goddess would encourage me to do. Ah, there's this weird dude named Pikmin and Ustalov, and he paints some crazy crap. <laughs> <laughs> Drawn for real life. All right. Well, well uh, thank you for giving us uh, time, and I hope you learn how to make better coffee in the future. Well, hopefully it helped. And if you ever need me glassware, she looks at her, uh, uh, she gives him a card. I sell glass, and if you think of anything, that's where you can find us to tell us additional information. Certainly. I'm, I'm rather uh, clumsy often in the mornings or the late evenings, um, so I mostly switch to wooden, but uh, I appreciate <laughs> the offer. Hey, at least he knows that he's clumsy. Otherwise, uh, he's uh, not clumsy. Adrian, he's he's not clumsy. He's drunk. But <laughs> <laughs> Air quote around clumsy. Yeah. <laughs> I make some really nice non aerodynamic vases. <laughs> <laughs> Call back. Oh, man. I guess we'll extricate ourselves from this yes. apartment. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You gave the card so they know how to contact us if they need mm -hmm. to, and we got some good info. Uh, should, once we're in the hallway, uh, should we send uh, our friends a raven and just have them meet us at the operating theater? In case there's something bad there. I think we may want to see if we can locate our quarry at the artisans first, because that would tell us whether or not the operating theater likely has somebody inside. Mm, okay. Well, so I suppose the three of you set off. Make your way back up uh, Salt Street to eventually return back to the Vespum artisans. Uh, approaching towards the front, you can see uh, Cesare in the process of teaching Lucia how to read time on an elven clock. Hmm. <laughs> Which, oddly enough, they seem to be packaging up. <laughs> Did they have a shopping mm. trip? I guess so. Mm. It's a nice clock. I, I guess approach them, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Saying it's yeah. a nice Uchiha, clock. Uchiha just, like, kind of turns and gives them, gives them a look like, okay, this happened. 
I don't know how it happened, but this happened. <laughs> so, um, yeah, no, that's very nice. Who, who made such a wonderful piece? I don't think she told us her name. Didn't nope. ask. You didn't ask. That woman over there. I mean, we're assuming we're still at her stall because they're packing it up. Yeah, she's back to working on something else right now. And this lovely woman right here, though, I didn't ask her name. I apologize. The woman glances up. Katina. Oh. Nice to meet it you, It is a pleasure to make all of your acquaintances. Are any of the rest of you interested in purchasing a fine piece of... Uh, a fine timepiece for your own homes. Do you do custom orders? See, I have a dog that I have to leave alone, and I need something that will open a container to feed it on a certain time <laughs> on a clock. <laughs> no, uh, we make we make clocks here. You might be able to check inside and see if any of the uh, the mad scientists in there have made things. I, I understand they've invented any number of comedic devices. Mm. Be a rather helpful device, though, now that you're describing it. Yeah, it's mostly a clock, except on certain hours it opens a little drawer. Mm. Kind of like a cuckoo clock. Hmm. I mean, I think I <laughs> the funny thing is that it's actually a really good way to explain those. So. Yeah. Adrian's now like, I like my fake idea, now I really need one. <laughs> <laughs> you said uh, we, is it a, like a family business or you have a partner or something? No. Not particularly. I'm just no, saying that fair enough. I say we because uh, Vespasio likes to encourage us to work together here at his artisan's establishment. Yeah. So we do our best to do so. Yeah, Vespasio is a nice man. I've met him a couple of times myself. She Maybe knocks. we should speak to him. Hmm. Well, um, I actually do have some business inside. I've got some people looking for work, so... Good luck, then. Yeah. I guess we wander away. Yeah, you can make your way in if you so wish. I mean, yeah, if we can go inside, why not? Uh, no one stops you from making your way in. Uh, as you enter into the building, again, the outside is uh, is more of the, the shop front point part where you see the completed projects. Uh, once you step inside, you can see that the bulk of the building's interior is uh, one large open area with a second cool. floor that runs around the outside and overlooks the lower area, which seems to be, uh, the lower area is mostly the, the hard labor section. And the upper mm -hmm. area, you can hear grinding stones and such and files. So you're gonna assume that that's where they're perfecting the various uh, pieces that are forged down here on the lower level. <laughs> this area seems to almost serve as one part workshop, one part warehouse. Uh, as you enter, you are confronted with a smell that you do think that that's an accurate description. A combination of rancid milk and urine. Okay, Gross. there we go. Gross. This heavy well, industrial chemical smell. Well, I know that urine is used in a lot of like wool working and stuff like that. And leather and working. And tanning yeah. and things like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, leather working. Well, usually you do tanning well, in a tanning, whole separate yes. area because yeah. it's disgusting. Oh, yeah, because it yeah. smells yeah. so horrible. So yeah. bad. You can glance around and see that there are a couple of people here, probably for custom orders. Uh, these are the ones that have taken out their, you know, kerchiefs and covering their faces. You're mm. going to guess that the people that work here have become nose blind to it. Huh. Well, we found out a few things. Uh, so what's Victoria, that? Adria, you two seem to get the most information. I guess all of you lean into a huddle because it yeah, isn't happening up. in here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
On the plus side, it's unlikely anyone's going to overhear us. Right? That was, makes it good. Especially with some guy off to the side that has like a clockwork bird that's going nuts and he can't figure out how to stop it. <laughs> Just walk over and crush it. That's how you make it stop. <laughs> Can uh, I roll an athletics mean. check to crush Be it? Be nice to Hootie. Oh, oh, fine. <laughs> fine. So whoever our culprit is most likely has an injured or clubbed foot. Well, that seems pretty distinctive. Mm. Narrows it down a lot. Additionally, there's an artist who... It's just a very silly man, unrelated, who uh, had a model who saw our, our assailant, we think, um, and believes that it's the same person she sees hanging out in uh, an old abandoned operating theater that's like right across the way from uh, where the event took place. I'm surrounded by a rusty iron fence. Which would explain the hinge sound. That Maletta heard. If he's out after curfew and is technically in the yard of a building, he could argue with the Vitor, with the Dothari that he's at home or mm -hmm. at a building. A clever way but to hunt. But he's still outside to see anyone walking past. And that alleyway was real, like the, dark, the darkest, creepiest version of an alleyway you could think of. So keep an eye out for a injured leg. Hmm. I think we mostly wanted to see if our prey, for lack of a better term, is over here. I mean, mm -hmm. I think the smell smells right, which is probably. Foul. I feel very bad for the people who get a job here, except for the fact that they tend to be paid very well. Well, you'd have yeah. to be for tomatoes the smell. and lemon juice usually can get rid of the smell. Katharina mm. is from Magnamar, though she has denied having any sort of assistance or helper. Mm. I mean, Magnamar, she could have been lying, I guess, but. Regardless, um, we can take a look around, and if we don't find anybody, that then I suspect we have a good chance of finding them at the operating theater. So I guess we do a lap. Yep. Yep. Looking about, I mean, again, there are a number of people that work here of a variety of different ethnicities. I mean, I'm guessing perception just to seek and see if we can't notice yeah, someone. We're kind of looking for the foot. We're looking for a clockwork type of a person. We're looking for... I, I suppose somewhere close to the that smell. Um, well, they've got like maybe everywhere. a vat of it or something somewhere. I'm going to have Raven actually walk along by my feet. That way we don't look really weird looking at everybody's feet in this place. That's not something people <laughs> oh, really yeah. do. Yeah. But yeah. if she's smart. walking beside me at cat level, you know. That's smart. That's smart. That's clever. Generally speaking, actually being able to walk around and make a perception roll in here is exceptionally difficult. Uh, mm -hmm. Again, due to the fact that most people are going from place to place, everyone's working. And uh, this doesn't appear to be the, the area that you're allowed into for just like craning your neck and looking at things. Mm. Uh, honestly, after the first table that you pass, someone stops to ask who you're here to see. We circle back up. I could be a rat. We could just send Lucia. She's got that I was going to say, I got the cloak so I could pretend to be drab and uninteresting. Yeah. That and have a pet rat. I could be a rat sure. for 10 minutes. Why not? Sure. Um, so the two of you can look around. And if the person that we're looking for is working with the clockworks, they're probably up on the upper floor. They won't be doing so much forging. They'd be putting things together and working with smaller details. Well, worth a shot. We can no. kind of start at the top and work our way down. Okay, I guess so. I'm going to head outside and find a shelter place to turn into a rat. 
this looks like a job for Rat Woman. I da, love everything da, da, da. about this spell. I will cast it every episode. Mm. <laughs> uh, Lucia, if you're pl- putting on your uh, cloak and trying to remain nondescript, you're going to need to make a uh, deception check as well as a perception roll. Yep. Adria, you'll want to go ahead and make a stealth check as well as a perception roll because, you know, while rats are fairly common, you don't necessarily want someone to go, oh, crap, rat, and just try to kick you out of a window or something. True. Yeah, that yeah, would be it- good. So, Adria, you slip in. If you uh, want to make a stealth check for uh, Raven as well in a perception roll, yeah, uh, she can also can explore. Mm-hmm. The three of you explore around. No, the two of you and Raven explore around inside. Adria darting from place to place, uh, trying to ignore your, your heightened rat senses, the overwhelming stench mm. of this slurk grease in here. Raven daintily trotting around the uh, kind of like hopping up onto uh, like the upper shelves of things and looking down and that like, oh, well, people can't get rid of me if they can't reach me up here. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. So cat-like. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lucia, you uh, you think you've blended in pretty well because you pull down your hood, you start making your way around and everyone here seems to think that you're basically a gopher. Uh, so as you're making your way around, like every once in a while, someone turns around and just be, you know, stops you to uh, ask you to go and pick up something. And I suppose you're just like, sure thing. And then you yeah, keep exactly, walking the direction exactly. you were going. She's just like, sure. And then never goes back. <laughs> Disrupting the entire flow of work here. Like, yep. Where's um, my tab? Anyway. <laughs> circling around. No, I mean, none of you see anyone with an injured leg. Uh, there are a number of individuals working here that may fit some of the description. Although, again, it's an extraordinarily vague description of Varetian man. Mm. But not that you see as far as injured legs are concerned. Yeah, without mm. the, the injured leg, then that's definitely not going to be definitive. Lucia, you do note that there's a, uh, a man that seems to be in charge on the upper level. Uh, he's a small man, no more than about 5'1 or 5'2". Somewhat heavier set, balded head with a fringe of wild white hair. Uh, spectacles featuring uh, retractable magnifying devices on his forehead. Cool. As he makes his way, kind of leans over things and just like gives commentary, the occasional pat on the back. He seems to be a fairly nice guy as far as uh, everyone here is concerned. Hmm. Very uh, affable and happy individual. Cool. Lucia avoids yeah. him because he seems like yeah. he's in charge. Well, no, it's <laughs> like as you're, as you're like even walking past him or anything else, you know. Gives you a smile and nod. You're doing a great job and pats you on the elbow as he, he makes his way by. <laughs> but she does that thing where she like tries really hard not to look back at him and then just like keeps going forward and, and just mutters to down to the rat that I guess I'm like having one of my pockets. That was awkward. <laughs> I'm now in your pocket and I'm holding onto the edge of your pocket. Squeak. Out. <laughs> it's either that or you're <laughs> under my hat doing a ratatouille. So, you know, I can also just be running around, but also <laughs> I just assumed she was running around separate. I'm so that you this rat. <laughs> no, you're faster than me. I'll ride you when I get tired. <laughs> I crawl up your pant leg and into your pocket. <laughs> I believe your uh, transformation lasts for 10 minutes. Yep. 10 minutes. I yeah. yank on your pocket a lot when it's time to get out of here. I mean, you would have told me it's 10 minutes. I would have, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. Wishing I had a pocket watch, but, you know, go try to you make, make your way out about um, 10 minutes. Your I exit's your still pocket. covered by the uh, the screeching clockwork bird that has not stopped. <laughs> I Somebody swear overwound to, Hootie. I swear to all of the gods that that <laughs> thing right. does not shut up in the next five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you can ask him how much it costs and then just smash it after you buy it. No, I'm just going to smash it and then throw money at him. <laughs> I just wonder if I can help that guy pieces. with his bird. Oh, <laughs> so much. I don't yeah, have no. that much money. <laughs> so much. Can I, I trade so you expensive. some magic armor I don't actually own? Um, <laughs> turns out complex clockwork devices are rather expensive. 
<laughs> uh, exiting back out, I suppose all of you uh, reconvene, reconvene in the alleyway. Yeah, no dice. Oh, I can think. Where'd Lucia go? Lucia pulls down the hood. Really? Oh, hey. <laughs> sorry, well, I just no, thought just you were guy. one of the vendors from nearby. I, I'm sorry. Well, I guess the cloak works, so we got that going for us. But yeah, no, we didn't find anybody. There's a couple people in there who like might fit the generic description of Varetian male, but nobody that has any kind of leg injury or anything mm-hmm. like that. All right. That means that we probably just need to head to the operating theater then, but we should expect company. We should, uh... Adria sniffs all of us. Hey, Chesare, you know how to remove smells with magic? Because uh, I don't really know how to do that, but it feels like something you might know how to do. I can. I just feel like that might be nice to have everyone involved. I don't know. I kind of went nose blind in there. Yes, but we don't want someone smelling us before they see us. Fair mm-hmm. point. They stand around and get perfumed. So, uh, again, you can clean yourselves up. Uh, make your way out from there if you so wish. Travel uh, back to the uh, the Rat King Plaza. Uh, by this point, it's getting close to about 8.30 or so in the morning. I mean, it's a two-action spell, and I can concentrate on it, so I don't think it takes me very long. Yeah. Sweet. Making your way back, you uh, you head back down uh, Fox Street to arrive back in the, the plaza here. Glancing up, you do not see uh, Tessie up in the window. Mm. Hmm. That's fine. I'm guessing to get in stealthily, we're probably going to have to climb over the fence. Otherwise, mm. it probably will make that whining Horrible sound. racket. Uh, when I say fence, so imagine that um, where two of the streets merge, there's like a curved area. So basically uh, like two streets meeting at about a 35 degree angle with one another. Mm. And then that wedge, that almost pizza slice of area there has a single dead tree and a lot of overgrown grass surrounding it. The level of the dirt and the grass is actually about three feet high. And it's just brick wall that leads up to that. And then a wrought iron fence, which goes up the additional three feet. That surrounds it almost akin to like a garden fence Mm. than a full-on fence. Mm. It'd be difficult to climb from this angle, although if you're on the other side, it'd be pretty easy to jump over and get down to the uh, the street level. Yeah, so like Cesare was saying, you could argue with the guard if you're out after curfew that this is part of the building and you're technically at residence. Uh, Along the left-hand side of the the large, strange building is basically just brick wall. Uh, there are no windows on the ground floor, only on the second floor, which overlooks the street. Most of those have been broken out. Uh, along the right-hand side is the front door, which actually stands open. Do we know anything about what this hmm. used to be? Anyone that wishes to may make me a society check. Sure. Uh, specifically, no. None of you know exactly what this used to be. Uh, although, again, she described it as an operating theater. And that being said, most classes are primarily taught now instead of anywhere else just across the river over at the Alabaster Academy that being said some people did have private practices and teach their own personal lessons which is why you have artists or uh, educators elsewhere in the city it's quite possible that this may have been one although considering Alabaster Academy's fame particularly before the rise of the Temple Hill Slasher it's quite possible that this place was driven out of business a hundred years ago uh, Cesare will cast a light spell on the charm Raven wears around her neck like he usually does because if there's no windows on the first floor it's going to be dark okay I'll um, put light on Lucia yeah I guess let's head inside the creepy building yep Yay. yeah if the front Awkward. door is open at least it's early in the morning that's not a scary time 
don't know about you, Jess, but I'm getting very much uh, the Diviner's feel from this. Yeah. Uh, stepping inside of the building, it is dark in here. There is a smell of decay that pervades this place. And all around you, you can see as you step in, you step in into a short hallway. Another door stands open off towards your side, glancing inside. It seems to be a basic coat room. Looking off towards your right, you can see that there's a set of steps which ascends up. And as you make your way forward, there's a single door which also, again, stands open. Uh, at one point, this door had a glass pane in the front of it, although it looks like someone, judging by the dust years ago, shattered this pane out. There's a collection of letters that were painted on this pane. Perhaps a name or maybe mm. something about where you're entering. I don't suppose there's large enough pieces to where we could at least pick out a few letters. Uh, I mean, you could pick out a couple of letters, although you'd need to take the time to actually assemble it to figure out what all the letters are. Yeah, that doesn't seem like a good use of time. Yeah, not are right we... now, but maybe I'll come back after and do it. Yeah. Uh, everyone may make me a survival check if they so wish. Hmm. I don't wish. I'm untrained. Well, Adria rolled a 15 for a 21. Vittoria rolled an 11 for a 21. Nice. And Nicola rolled a big 17 uh, for a 25. Nice. Also nice. Doesn't look like anyone's been here in some time. Do we want to check the upper floor? They might mm. go up there because of the windows. Maybe. Mm. We should start with that and then see if maybe we can find some form of basement or something. Yeah. He may just use the yard as a convenient place to watch all the roads that converge. It's true. Maybe. If so, we won't find any sign of him here. Well, we could hide here to wait for him to come there to wait for other people. God, like a double ambush. Yeah. <laughs> ambush the ambusher. Exactly. Uh, taking your time to check the ground floor, second floor, uh, even down to the basement, uh, just taking your same survival checks, you can tell that no one has been here in at least a few years, hmm. actually inside of the structure. Is there anything interesting in here? No, I mean, at one point, you know, you scare a group of, uh, of rats, which go scattering out from where they made a large, basically piled everything together to make a large nest. A few of them oh. still watch you. Sorry, but Warily from inside. Well, yard then. It looks like this is probably a location, uh, you know, all of those of you who are young and natives to Cantargo know that uh, every once in a while there's a place that kids are brave enough to throw rocks through the windows, but not actually brave enough to enter. And that and feels like seems one like of that these place. places. Yep. I mean, it's an abandoned, like, medical facility. Like, those always have creepy vibes when they're abandoned. Yep. Yeah. I guess we should check the yard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Making your way out to the yard, anyone that wishes to may make me a perception roll. I will perceive. I will attempt. Okay. Looking around. All of you actually rolled exceptional. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. Hey. Uh, looking around thoroughly, spreading out. Investigating like a well-oiled <laughs> machine. Grid, grid Fan it out. out. We, five we've by done, five. We've done these investigations before. We're pros now. Victoria gave us our own placards to sit down. <laughs> yep, like a machine well-oiled up with slurk grease. You Ew. spread Ew. out to search the area. Anyone that wishes to uh, go ahead and also make me a knowledge nature. I will. Nope. <laughs> nope. Okay. I'll allow knowledge nature. I'll also allow... Uh, mm, no, nature seems like the best bet. Mm. Searching around, you find two things of interest. Uh, one of you finds three things of interest. Mm. The first thing that all of you note is there's an area directly underneath the dead tree where the grass is depressed. Mm. 
Not depressed as if in someone was just there, more depressed as if someone had been there repeatedly. Enough that over so. the course of a couple of days, it had gotten worn down. Mm. Hmm. Mm. The second thing that all of you note is that beyond just the dirt surrounding this, beyond the, um, the dead grass and some live tufts of grass here and there, uh, there is a conspicuous pile of fine gray ash or dust mm. from the pipe. Yeah, she mentioned I'm smoking a pipe. Yeah. Uh, leaning down, looking this over. Sniff, sniff. Uh, cherry pipe tobacco. Pretty distinctive. Hmm. Is that like a common thing? I mean, you can mm. buy it. Hmm. There's not only like there's only one distributor yeah, of cherry exactly. pipe tobacco like, in the entirety the of Kentargo. But the smell is distinctive, I assume. The smell is distinctive. And uh, Kentargo does a lot of trade with um, Arcadia, which tobacco is one of the primary imports from Arcadia. Mm. Far across the ocean. Right. So we know for sure someone's been here a lot. Well, seven people are dead. Yeah. But we don't know if they've all gone missing from this particular area or if he has other hideouts not hideouts I don't hate my stakeout idea if if I may be so bold Raven kind of glances up from where she's sitting uh, you know also she's now wearing a duck hunter's uh, hat (laughs) Uh, like Sherlock Holmes where did you get that places Um, (laughs) they made it they had one inside the clock place that's where I got this tiny magnifying glass. She holds oh. up a really tiny magnifying glass. What? So I, so Victoria and I can be like little investigator buddies. Um, <laughs> I, I know the Datari are not exactly great right now, but um, if everyone keeps dying within a block or two of this place and they never thought to stake this out, that would be extraordinarily incompetent. You're not wrong. No. I wonder if he finds a victim and follows them for a while. Looking for the perfect time to strike? We know that she was on her way home. He may have been watching her, and once he knew that she took this route every night. He started staking out the place. Mm. He might be on to tracking his next victim already. But we don't even know what his type is, if there is a type. If it's all like this girl or not. Nah, the only way we'd know that is if we uh, talked to the Dotari and had them tell us. But they're not going to do that. Or if we talk to Tyaset. Mm, it's risky. And tell her that we're just really into mystery solving? Victoria <sighs> has a reputation. She might be able to get away with it, but it is risky. Yes, it would definitely be a risky move, and I think unless we have no other options, I don't think we should pursue it. Morgar was able to procure us some uniforms. Maybe it's not beyond the realm of possibility that he could get us copies of the reports, or at least descriptions of the victims. Mm. You can try it. Yeah, I mean, knowing where he's, where the victims have been found, it doesn't look like he moves the bodies. Might give us an idea of where he ranges, for lack of a better term. I Maybe mean, that is that, yeah. or we could bait a little trap for him. Well, that's assuming he's going to come back here. We also don't know what bait he would take. Mm. Maybe a drab, unassuming lady. No, he wouldn't notice you. Well, if I was the only one around there. Maybe they all have to be blonde. Maybe they all have to... We don't know. We need more information about the other victims before we can decide if there's a pattern there. 
He might just fixate on someone random that he sees. We don't even know if all the victims are female. Uh, in fact, you actually do know that uh, all the victims are not female. Mm. Tiara said that the first uh, victim was the, she believes, was a weapon dealer. Mm. Which means he may just be an opportunist. Because he and, needed the yeah. knife. Oh, yeah, he might yeah. have found that kukri that, that he really, really wanted. And so he just, if that's the only male victim and all the rest are females, that was a, I want this knife, so I'm stabbing this guy and taking it. Yeah. yeah. But we need the rest of the information. We need to go ask around over there. We're going to have to find out more. There's not much else we can do right now. For now, I think we should see if perhaps Morgar could find us some information before we start poking at the Dotari or the investigator that the Thrunes have put in charge of the case. We just need to make sure none of our people are moving by themselves. No, everybody stays in their teams. Hmm? I mean, unless um, any of you have another idea, but that's all I've mm -hmm. got. Mine is tracking down every tobacco shop in the city, not exactly. <laughs> I mean, you're welcome to try, but good luck. I'm sure there are more than I can count. <laughs> I don't know, you're pretty good at counting, but still. <laughs> I think for now, the professor's right. We should probably get some more information, see if there's a pattern in the killings before we can move forward, because then mm. we could possibly create the proper bait to lure him out. If nothing else, it does seem that he views whoever it is for several days before something happens, so we have a little bit of time, hopefully. Yes. Well, it's two days until the next meeting of the Silver Ravens, and then we can set Morgar on to finding information from the Dotari and maybe see what everyone else can just find through the local rumor mill. Mm. Two days would be four days? From the last killing, or three mm. days? Three, I think. Yeah. Do we do we know his? Uh, what, no, I don't know we don't. Proper term for mm -mm. It, I don't think we know anything we about the other that. victims. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. we have no idea if that would lead to another killing. We don't know how long his cooldown period is, or how long he stalks his victims, or how quickly mm. you know he finds I mean, somebody. You know, he's been or... active for at least some time, uh, seemingly mm -hmm. since the night of ashes. And if the information that uh, Tessie gave you is correct Seven. about the local rumors, is that. Seven, that's not counting the woman that was killed and uh, taken mm. away before the authorities were aware of it. So possibly eight victims already. Mm -hmm. so, and how, yeah. many, how long ago was the Night of Ashes? A couple months ago now? In the last week of Air Artis. And it's the end of Lamashin right now. Yeah, so, so 30th, it's only been two so. months. So eight weeks, eight victims, one a week. One yeah, a week, so about one a week. Yikes. I mean, again, without further information, there's not much else we can do. So let's just start tasking around, hitting the pavement. We'll have our teams do the same. Mm -hmm. And uh, see what we can find. Sounds like a plan. Mm. Keep your nose peeled for cherry pipe, Topaco. I may try to talk to Vespum also. He may know somebody who fits that description if he's ever been at the shop. Mm. Well, again, you said it's a distinctive smell, so you could describe it and... Well, I mean, the shop smells like it, so... Well, oh, no, you're talking about the tobacco, I'm sorry. Yeah, yes. about the tobacco. Yeah, I mean, he might know somebody who smokes a tobacco pipe. I'll see if I can't talk to him. I might be able to find a way to worm some information out of him without... You may just ask about anyone that can work with clockwork. It's worth a shot. It may lead to nothing, but I can try. Yep. You set out from here. Make your way out onto the streets again probably navigating your way back along Salt Street to go in either uh, 
scatter about to gather your information or uh, Nicolo's case return back to the uh, Vespum artisans to you know hopefully you know, pull in one of his contacts to see if he can gain more information mm. you all note with some curiosity again it's getting a little bit closer to uh, uh, 9 a.m. now everyone's fully in business as you begin to approach the house of truth and wisdom this original courthouse, this large affair done in the classical Taldane style, large marble columns up front, framing the front of it, the large eye of Aerodin staring down, uh, flanked on uh, either side with the original design, which included the key symbol for the god Abadar, the god of walls and ditches and law and order, and now on the opposite side, the unholy symbol of Asmodeus, which seems to have been a more recent addition. You can see this large building, which stands mostly abandoned. Uh, All of you are familiar that the sprawling building was once a bastion of law and order in Cantargo, but honestly, since Brazile Throne took control of the city, he's preferred that the uh, to hold court at the Temple of Asmodeus, as opposed to actually holding any legal proceedings at this actual courthouse. Public executions and more recently, of course, excruciations are performed in the uh, the fenced-off segments of Veritas Plaza, as opposed to actually being here. So as such, the building itself has been mostly uh, left not quite empty. As you begin to pass, you can of course see that the clerks are still working there, even if the judges are forced to work now from the uh, the temple. Yes, apparently they don't believe in the separation of church and state here. Mm. Anymore. However, as you begin to make your way by, you can see that there's a strange gathering, um, a number of what appear to be law clerks up by the front door as well as some regular people, just the average citizenry that have stepped up and seem to be looking at something. Oh, God. A few of the clerks seem to be talking amongst themselves in hushed or hurried tones, glancing back down the way. And you can see one of them is beginning to uh, to make his way down the steps and heading off at a jog uh, in the direction up Salt Street, you think back towards the holding house. What All right, well, Cesare's going to jog up the stairs and figure out what everybody is staring at. Yeah, what's going on it's now? It's probably a proclamation. Uh, Ascending up the steps, weaving your way through, you reach the front and see that clearly on the door, you would almost say brazenly on the door. Great. In large script is pinned a large sheet of parchment. A sheet of parchment in a hand that all of you recognize as another poem from the Poison uh, Pit of Contrario. Oh. And I'll give you that poem next time. Oh. <laughs> this is not the Rose the of Contargo, right? No, the Rose no, of Contargo no, no. is not the poet. Not As no, far no, as we know, else. no. The Poison Pit yeah. of Contargo is separate from the Rose of Contargo. Yeah. There's a lot of of Contargo in this town. Okay. <laughs> okay. <Fair laughs> it turns out that there are a bunch oh, no. of rebellious people in the city. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, right? Find the Path Ventures is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Hell's Rebels is copyright 2015. Hell's Rebels and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission. Find the Path Ventures have converted Hell's Rebels from Pathfinder to Pathfinder 2nd Edition. Conversion notes are available to our Patreon backers at patreon.com backslash findthepath. <laughs>